the following announcement has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host, former Dirt Sheet writer from Ringside News, Sports Kita, the richest, the sportster, and Daily DDT. I am Lee Walker, and last night in my backyard, Dynasty Pro Wrestling in Albany, New York, debuted Patrick Clark, formerly known as Velveteen Dream, in their company, and nothing was known that he was going to be advertised. He wasn't advertised for the show. But the official statement from Dynasty was on Twitter, Last night, we did what most others wouldn't. We took a risk on a person and gave them an opportunity for a second chance. A second chance to fulfill their dream. We stand by that decision. Thank you to the packed house for last night's event. We are the dynasty. Now, of course, this comes with a ton of backlash as they didn't announce that Velveteen Dream was going to be appearing on the show. There were some notable quote tweets and several likes from notable accounts like Fightful's Miss Kate Fabe, as she wrote, you booked Rita Chatterton to try and even out the fact that you booked someone who was sexually harassing children. Brian Zane of Wrestling With Regret wrote, we stand by that decision so hard, we kept it a secret from everyone so's not to possibly ward off any fans ahead of time. And wrestler Tara Calloway wrote, As a former member of your roster and sexual assault victim, I am so beyond disappointed and disgusted. Thank you for showing other victims that they are not safe in your locker room or your crowd. Some pretty heavy stuff. Now, Fightful actually used our tweet in their article about Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream, returning to wrestling, making the surprise appearance at the Destiny Wrestling event in Albany yesterday. So, of course, on our account, we had some of the same things. I'm going to read those off to you. At AEW Security, I'm from Albany, New York, and actually disappointed. At Le Kiwi Bird, ew, right in my backyard. I'm going to be sick. Uh, catch wrestling. Any wrestler with any 
moral fiber should refuse to work for promotions that book him. Uh, we also had unfortunate gross gross is actually written multiple times. I'm not going to say it multiple times though. So there, there are accounts that did, you know, somewhat stick up for him. Not so much stuck up for him, but more of the case that if you listen to Chris Van Vliet's interview with Patrick Clark, you would, you know, have a lot more uh, insight here. Get it? <laughs> Chris Van Vliet insight. Uh, Patrick Clark, formerly known as the Velveteen Dream, while signed to WWE, was made his return to professional... No, sorry. I'm just reading this. He's not signed to WWE. This Russell World account has shit way wrong. The only thing this account has right is the fact that uh, Clark has not been involved in anything wrestling related to the wrestling business since his release from WWE. Another account wrote, sincerely hoping he got booed out of the building. But he did not. He did not. He had a pretty good reception, to be honest with you. So, there's that. But there's always going to be controversy to this stuff. So, what ended up happening at dynasty last night was that Clark interrupted the first match and then issued an open challenge to anybody in the back asking if anyone wants to be a star tonight. Uh, eventually American muscle Alec Odin would be the one to accept the open challenge, but Clark defeated him in the main event. Clark looked in great shape. By the way, if anyone was curious I'm kind of highly doubting it, but that's okay, too. Now, Clark did issue an open apology a few months back, and we're going to play that right now. As you've probably seen or have heard over the course of the last few years, I want to apologize for my behavior. Both professionally and personally, I always preach to those closest to me about the power of accountability and responsibility, and I take full accountability for my behavior over the last three years of my life. When narratives were written about me, uh, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter what was written about me. It doesn't matter what was said about me. It doesn't matter what's on the internet about me. I was wrong. Okay? Uh, and because of that, I need to apologize to a few people. First, I want to apologize to the WW organization. I want to apologize to the WW organization for any unwanted attention and negative press that I brought to your brand and your product. I want to apologize to the WWE fans and the Velveteen Dream fans because when you hear the name Velveteen Dream, it should have only been spoken about in a productive and a positive light, uh, not the name Patrick Clark. Uh, as another statistic of what happens when talent and opportunity meet immaturity, okay? Uh, that's not what you spend your hard-earned money on. It's not what you invest your time and your money in. 
when you look on the TV and you come to the shows, you should uh, escape reality, not have to deal with mine. Um, I want to apologize to the WWE and the fans. I want to apologize to Paul Levesque. Paul, you are such an understanding and patient man and leader and getting the opportunity to work with you and to learn from you I get the sense of what makes you who you are and how you've been able to handle the responsibility of being in the public light for such a long time uh, I want to apologize to you Paul I'm sorry uh, also I want to say I'm sorry to Shawn Michaels Shawn it's still beyond me that I've been having the opportunity in this lifetime to learn from you to have your mentorship and your guidance and I apologize if you feel like you've wasted your time and your energy uh, investing into me you have not uh, I'm still a work in progress I'm still learning and I remember all the lessons that you taught me uh, Sean I'm sorry uh, my best friend to Hootie Miles I want to apologize to you uh, because before you were tied to me publicly uh, for the support you've given me and you continue to give me your resume was impeccable and I apologize for any smudges that I may have put on that resume because of my behavior uh, you're the last person that should have to deal with anything like that and I'm sorry man uh, I want to apologize to my family my mom my dad my brother my sister my nieces and my nephews because you may read things uh, you may hear about things you may uh, be confronted by people who you don't know and you might feel the need to explain yourselves on my behalf I just want you to know that you do not have to do that ever no one should have to explain anything for Patrick Clark. No one should have to trend because of Patrick Clark. No one should have to ask, you know, answer the questions. Oh, where's Patrick now? What did Patrick do? What happened with Patrick? That's not your responsibility. And I don't want you to feel burdened with that responsibility. That's my responsibility. Okay? And I apologize to you all for any energy, uh, negative energy that has had to come your way because of me. Okay? Again, I want to apologize to the fans and those in my professional and personal life that I've affected by my behavior. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I recognize that I was losing myself and I apologize to anyone that I lost along the way, anyone that I've upset or offended because of my behavior. Um, man, I'm sorry. And I hope you all forgive me. So there you have it, folks. Uh, in that apology, he apologizes to a lot of people uh, for his behavior. Now, we know the last three years, things have not been, uh, have gone well for Patrick Clark, so to speak, over these allegations and, and things to that nature. So uh, there's going to be controversy with him no matter what. Uh, but I, I really suggest, fans, you go and listen to the interview that Patrick did with Chris Van Vliet because that'll give you all sorts of insight to what happened and, and who's better sourced than 
the person themselves, Patrick Clark. So go check that out. Go listen to that. And while I'm talking about having this fan interaction, as I, you know, reading off the the tweets and everything that we were getting over Patrick Clark, as we posted a photo front row of, of Patrick, I wanted to dig deep into not so much the tribalism in professional wrestling. And I'm talking the WWE versus AEW fans. Personally, I don't get tribalism. There's so many forms of professional wrestling. It's ridiculous. And there's so many companies. But apparently, if you're number one and two, it makes a difference. But number one is doing much better than number two. But I asked fans on Facebook and Instagram, question time, what's your reason for disliking slash not watching AEW? Now, sitting here at the the Hasbro bar, literally on the front of the bar, I have the old cutouts of AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage from the commentary tables. So I asked the fans, why do you dislike it? Why don't you watch it? A fan, Brandon, who is actually a dirt sheet writer for, where does he write actually? I forgot. He writes for the Sportster, a place I used to write. So, His answer is actually a really good one. I'm just going to go through the list of people that gave like really in-depth answers because I had a lot of people that I asked why you dislike it or why you don't watch. But then they gave me reasons why they were watching. That has nothing to do with this. So Brandon writes, for starters, I have to say that I do not hate nor dislike AEW. With that said, my honest issue with the company now falls with the lack of growth. Ratings remain stagnant. Attendance has dropped. Tony Khan needs to leave X slash Twitter. Biggest issue. The wrestling matches are amazing, but I feel that AEW lacks that extra oomph needed in terms of storylines that need to attract and draw attention from viewers. The Devil storyline arc was the most compelling story AEW had going in recent months. To be honest, after the reveal, that was it. The payoff? Question mark. Well, MJF is off television due to his injuries that needed to be taken care of. The United Kingdom lost all that momentum they should have gained from the reveal. And they're just another faction in AEW. My last complaint or criticism, I don't have an issue with them recruiting ex-WWE stars. But what I have noticed is that everyone they bring in drops in value. The needle hasn't moved at all. Look at Adam Copeland, Edge. God bless him for giving it his all at this stage in his career but he hasn't moved the needle bringing in new viewers or better ratings. This is the growing problem that AEW needs to work on. 
Danny wrote, I think the true passionate AEW fans like myself love AEW and see the potential. The problem is the lack of storylines because in my opinion, what makes matches five-star is a good story that people can get behind. The talent are fantastic in the ring. If they added better storylines, I guarantee you they can hit a million viewers plus a week. Plus, AEW needs to run smaller venues for the weekly shows like TNA Impacted back in Orlando, Florida. The atmosphere makes a huge difference on TV. Probably why everybody loved the Attitude Era, WCW, TNA Impact from 2005 to 2009. Ian, a friend of mine, who I will have his link in the description because he loves toys. And as you can see here, for those watching on YouTube, I have my one in 1000 Chase AEW Jamie Hater all in elite exclusive. And next to her is Series 18 signed and inscribed. My Paul E. Dangerously Signed Legends. Beautiful figure, by the way. Ian writes, My honest opinion is Darby was right. The mission statement is completely forgotten. AEW didn't start until 2019. I've been around the independent wrestling scene since 2010. A lot of dudes on TV right now I've seen get booked at various companies in Binghamton, New York, over the years. I've been a part of shows that have had the Young Bucks, Adam Cole, among others, and got to shake hands with a lot of people that work it for that company. I've even had the pleasure of watching my friends get opportunities on dark and elevation over the past couple years. I mean, I read the book, and that's basically the Young Bucks talking about how broken poor they were and how they can't pay the bills. But three years later, they're blowing outrageous amounts of money on a pair of shoes that get lost on an airplane. Tony Khan is signing talent like buying action figures. And if you really can get in the mindset of being excited about this shiny new toy you get this week, and then three weeks later, oh, look, there's another one. It seems like instead of turning their pillars into a household name, brand stars, that should be over as fuck. All they really did was prepare Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, and now Jade Cargill for the WWE. Even with all the Vince McMahon stuff over the past year, still hasn't made people switch over. I'm just rambling and throwing out random randoms into my microphone. But I feel the shine definitely wore off. But there is definitely room for improvement. Ryan wrote, reason for disliking AEW is the booking. Tony Khan needs to get out of his own way and hire someone who can actually knows what they're doing. 
the reason for not watching AEW is because it's 2024 and they still aren't available on any streaming platforms. I will watch some highlights on YouTube, though. Tony Khan is his worst enemy. Kobe writes, How Tony Khan and most AEW fans are completely unaware or tone-deaf towards legitimate issues in creative and booking. They seem to sign free agents and bury them a month after their debuts. It makes it hard to be excited for anyone to sign because there's always a thought in the back of my mind about where this talent will be in a month from now. So I'm starting to see a reoccurring factor here, Brandon, Kobe, uh, on the same page here about talent, even Ian, just you know, using the toy as the theory, just a shiny new toy. Three weeks later, no one cares because there's another one. Josh writes the fans, the toxic ones. Tony Khan just randomly booking title matches and random matches for no reason. Tony Khan, period. Again, through other comments, uh, a lot of Tony Khan on Twitter. Uh, Jason writes, uh, no streaming options without live TV upgrade, not paying 60 a month just for AEW. Uh, fans, I have to understand, there's people in other countries that have commented here. Uh, like one fan is from India. And he wrote that due to no streaming service or the lack of streaming service that we have I can't watch it Ray writes AEW fans give big incels slash January 6th energy that keeps me away okay I am also noticing a lot of people are saying they don't have cable, which is becoming a big issue I'm noticing because a lot of people are switching from cable to streaming services because cable television from the 80s to the 2000s in 2015, 16, that was the way to go. And then all these streaming services started but now we're starting to see streaming services want to combine like there's talks of i believe it was peacock and paramount talks of combining it's all gonna end up back on cable i feel like but it's ridiculous um the person that wrote uh from india uh tusef uh, the streaming service here sucks discovery plus india Fair enough. Uh, William, I don't hate them, but I don't have cable. This is one of my favorite ones, and I'll read a couple off of Instagram. Joe, I watch anytime RVD is on. I like it, but it's just wrestling. You don't need to follow any stories because they often don't make sense. If you watch solely for matches, it's good. If you like it for the storylines, it might not be for you. So Joe here is honest. He He's not watching for storylines. He knows that they don't make sense. He's just watching for RVD. That's cool. RVD's awesome. 
So I'm going to go to Instagram now. I'm going to read off some that I have here. Cusetown Collector. The fans, Tony. Uh, another one that came up a lot uh, is Rev says, too much random matches. The cheap pop. Inconsistency in how they book people. Making it very hard to build momentum. Too many championships. Very few compelling storylines. Little brat Bianca. First, I don't have cable. Apparently, like I said, a big problem here in the States and obviously other countries. Uh, the second, matches make no sense. It's just random matches sometimes. And also, it's not as interesting as WWE. Now, Temple Plays 4150 did stick up for AEW and wrote uh, people who say AEW have random matches. Don't watch the shows. I can name multiple stories in AEW. Temple's not wrong. There are multiple storylines in AEW. The problem goes back to where fans like Ian and Brandon were talking. You bring somebody in. And then after three weeks, we don't care about them anymore. That's the issue that has come up a lot with this, me asking fans. And I'm not shocked by it. I'm going to share my personal thoughts about AEW. Now, I'm very thankful for AEW. Again, I have a lot of cool things from AEW, like the AEW Dynamite uh, front of the commentary table. I have the front of the commentary table from AEW Rampage. AEW has sent me interviews. I've been able to interview Thunder Rosa, Lance Archer. They're all here on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts, perched on the top rope. The difference for me that did not get brought up that I'm actually quite shocked about is the commentary team. If I was blind or went blind because a freak accident, we'll say as a fan of wrestling, the commentary team, you're supposed to be talking about what's going on in the match. Most of the time, Taz, Excalibur, and Tony Schiavone are mostly goofing off amongst themselves. And even more so, it's worse on Rampage and on Collision. They've gotten better, but the commentary team makes it very difficult for me to follow the product. Now, secondly, I grew up in the golden era of wrestling. 89, 90, 91, 92. Storylines were a big deal. Ring psychology was a big deal. Now I'm I'm dating myself here because now I sound like that bitter middle-aged man who wants wrestling to be what it once was and it's never going to be that again. And I understand that. 
The problem is you still need storylines. You still need those wrestlers to cut promos to give those storylines depth. Because as we saw, a lot of fans were complaining that they're just random matches. WCW did that too. Does anyone else remember when uh, Eric Bischoff decided to put Goldberg and Hogan on Nitro instead of pay-per-view where they could have made millions and millions of dollars instead because of ratings? He put it on Nitro. I mean, they sold out the arena in like 14 minutes or like it was super fast. They had 40 plus thousand people for a WCW Nitro. Unheard of. Those pay-per-views nowadays get 12 to 15,000 people. Maybe just shows you how much wrestling has fallen just based off that. But one thing that was brought up was how Adam Copeland Edge was brought in and has not moved the needle. There's a lot of superstars that you can say that about that have gone from WWE over to AEW. And I've said this time and time again on this podcast, when I've gone on other podcasts, you cannot leave WWE and think that your whole fan base is going to follow you. They're just not. You can have, you can go to New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can go to TNA. You can go to MLW. You can, you can anywhere. I don't care where you go, honestly. You can go anywhere. But at the end of the day, the fans know you for being in WWE. The fans know you by your WWE name. And WWE fans will still call you by your WWE name. You know, we know that it's no longer Ruby Riot. We know that it's no longer Soraya or wow. We know that it's no longer Paige. We know that it's no longer Edge. It's no longer just Christian. You know. But do we refer to them as Adam Copeland, Soraya? Ruby Soho. No. I catch my fans all the time. Using the WWE name. I catch my friends. When they come over to watch wrestling pay-per-views. Or to play wrestling video games. Including AEW. Fight Forever. And they still call them. By the WWE name. And it's through no fault of our own. That's how we know you. Adam Copeland's using his real name, but we're, fans are still calling him Edge. Listen to New Legacy Inc. on YouTube. When they're doing video game stuff, they still call him Edge. They're not calling him Adam Copeland. It's Edge. You can leave WWE, but your entire fan base is not going to follow you because they acknowledge WWE. Acknowledge me. Sorry, I had to do that. I can't necessarily say I'm one of those people. 
I haven't had uh, a real big I'm hyped super fan for a certain wrestler in a long time. I actually used to hate Seth Rollins, but I like him now. I've always been a CM Punk fan, but the last couple of years he's been involved in pro wrestling. It hasn't gone well, especially with the injuries that keep occurring. I would have to tell you the best thing as a wrestling fan, if you're a fan, is Cody Rhodes right now. Hands down, it's that. And we have Benton here to confirm. Right? Yeah? So, when it comes to that, that's where... But I will say this, there is one thing that, in my honest opinion, that AEW has done, and that has been showing that everybody is accepted in AEW. And what I mean by that is Will Ospreay, diagnosed autistic, came out with his diagnosis. You don't see many people who are autistic in wrestling. But AEW has Will Ospreay. And I actually talked to TNA's Decay about that. You can go to youtube.com at Perched on the Top Rope and watch that video as they talk about autism and Will Ospreay, and they share a personal story as well. So youtube.com at Perched on the Top Rope. But they're also accepting of the LG... BTQ community and TNA is also uh, AEW has Nyla Rose a transgender professional wrestler and recently at an AEW taping Gabby Tuft showed up at AEW now Gabby had transitioned as you may remember her as Tyler Rex in the WWE from 2007 to 2012. The last year uh, in her career in WWE as Tyler Rex had teamed with Kurt Hawkins, and Kurt Hawkins is now Brian Myers in TNA. Now, that's one thing that I personally like about AEW. And to be honest, I'm actually very glad that no one on the post said anything uh, homophobic or transphobic about why they don't watch AEW or why they don't like AEW. But when I did post about Gabby Tuft walking into the AEW arena. I had to delete a lot of comments. And there's still comments coming that I'm going to have to go through and still delete. But for the most part, I had comments like, Ray, Ray Chong King Tyson say, great. 
I had a few people actually not know who Tyler Rex was. Kind of shocked me a little bit. Didn't gave the best breakdown of Tyler Rex's career that I could in WWE. One fan wrote, they have Nyla Rose, Impact has Dijel Shaw, nothing new. And then we got into a debate about uh, intergender matches and making wrestling believable. professional wrestling it doesn't need to be believable not anymore not in this day and age intergender matches have been going on for a long time tna does them uh look at the digital media championship that's a intergender title uh the 24 7 championship even though once the women held it only like women basically went after or if they got pinned by a male there wasn't much wrestling moves going on there Uh, but it all goes back to tessa being the impact world champion but at the same time she held the title ransom anyway i know i'm ranting there but gabby toff made her debut for AEW. she had recently said that she wanted to get back into wrestling she was actually training with dustin rhodes So, we also have to look at the fact that Gabby Tough, she is 45 years old. So, it'll be interesting to see the ring rust and and how well she does, what her role is. We don't even know if she's going to wrestle or not yet. We don't know anything that's going on. All we know is uh, she walked in with what I'm fairly certain is her wife, And she walked in with a mystery man in a suit. Time will tell what happens there. But, ladies and gentlemen, I have some good news for you when it comes to interviews and Perched on the Top Rope. The next coming weeks, you are going to get Steve Kern who's also Skinner and Doink, Dr. Tom Prichard. Decay from TNA, the Knockouts Tag Team Champions, is coming out this Tuesday. We also have author Kenny Casanova, who has written so many autobiographies for wrestlers from Brutus the Barber, Beefcake, Sabu, which I helped on. I was going to say that. Vader, Kamala, Dangerous Danny Davis, Earl Hepner, ODB. He's done coloring books with Demolition, Sabu, Mick Foley. I know that's weird, right? Coloring books for kids with Sabu. But you're going to hear all about it here at Perched on the Top Rope. Ladies and gentlemen, you can catch us on X slash Twitter at Perch Top Rope. We're literally getting a hundred new followers a day over there. So make sure you go follow us. It's Perch Top Rope. 
We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. I want to get to 15,000 followers by the end of 2024. So help me make that happen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. It's perched on the top rope. For all of those have kept us on their chartables, America, Great Britain, Canada, Ireland, France, Germany. There's so many. We're in 20 different countries. Thank you. Thank you for downloading episodes each and every week. I really, really appreciate it. I am one man doing this all alone. It's like a second job. You can find us on TikTok, perched on the top rope, where we recreate Selena scenes using the greatest moments in professional wrestling history, using Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On, because after all, that song makes everything better, including Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship. I almost said internet. The Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 32. Because after all, it is one of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history. You can also find us on Twitch, where I am streaming WWE 2K23, soon to be WWE 2K24. You can also watch me playing AEW Fight Forever. Only Stadium Stampede, though, because I am ranked in the top 100. With that being said, interviews coming this week. Steve Kern, Dr. Tom Pritchard, B, Brian Blair, one half of the Killer Bees. Kenny Casanova, and more. This has been another episode of Perched on Top Rope. Remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. I'm out. <laughs>